No. <gasps> Magic. Breaker Breaker 9 Got 200 progress over. What on earth are you talking about? I feel like I'm an air traffic controller. You're something, that's for sure. <laughs> Welcome to Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. I need those light sticks. My husband has literally lost his marbles. He's <laughs> He thinks that he's an air traffic controller. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, you people listening to the podcast didn't see me just dance. Yeah, you did not, and it was something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we had two... Two of our last episodes did not include Jamie. So no, I'm they did so not. excited that she's here. And because I was trying to tell them what you've been up to. Yeah, I've been up to a lot. Yeah. I and I think what I I think what I said was, um, so Jamie's really busy. Uh, we're potentially hiring somebody else, so she's doing that. Uh, and I didn't know if I if I was supposed to give an update. Oh, there's our dog. There she is. But, um, you know, this is just... I didn't know if I should bring up your book. I mean... Or not. Well, I guess you just did. <laughs> did you I bring mean, it up before? That, I don't know. I forget. You don't even know if you brought I, it up? I, I genuinely forget. Okay. So, yeah. Well, we're just... Why, like, no pun intended. There's our kids. There's, yeah. there's the dog barking. We do have a sitter. Yeah. The dog hasn't barked all day. Yeah, and then all of a sudden... All day she hasn't barked. Yeah. Um... But that's, welcome to our real life. That's just who we are. And mm-hmm. I think most people probably, um, I don't know, cut that out, but we're just real. <laughs> and I think that that's... Most people have a legit studio. Yeah. Most people are yeah. probably more professional than we are, but... Or in front of faux blinds. But listen, I think that that is just like for real who we are at our core yeah. though. And I, I think want, who we've always been. Yeah. Well, well, of course, who we've always been. And I think that that's like the thing that I always want to, I don't know, put out there is that like, good golly, you don't have to have everything perfect. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be like all pinned up and pinned up and polished, mm-hmm. <laughs> buttoned up. That's what the saying is, pinned buttoned up, up and, and polished. Pinned like, up and polished. Life is too short. So I think what you were saying was it's okay that we have a fold out table dressed up with a black tablecloth yeah, because in we, front of our window. Yeah, we just moved here. And while I would really love a professional, beautiful studio, that's like the last thing on my list. I've got goals for 2024 and I kind of want to share them because I'm really, really excited about it. And I've already kicked off the year doing it, which feels Killed it. unbelievable because I spent the last few years really in a depression, like I'm in you listening, I'm sure, you know, because you know, you've been a long time girlfriend here. If you're listening to the podcast, I feel like our podcast, and if you're new to the podcast, welcome, <laughs> but, cool. um, but yeah, so, you know, it just feels good to start the year and not be depressed or anxious or like just hemming and hawing over the future. And yeah, I just feel so good. So, First thing that I have for my goal is that I want to, our, our 10 year anniversary is coming up this year for 2024, which I'm really proud of. March 23rd. And without a doubt, this is a very monumental year for Huge. us, Doug. Like, I mean, I'm talking because to you, like seriously, because reading my book, Wifey 101. So right now, for those of you listening, I'm, I'm updating my book, Wifey 101. We, I wrote it when I was two years, when we were two years married and, um, and I haven't read it pretty much like since then, because why, like, why would I yeah. wrote it? I've read it. I've read it a bazillion times. Right. Like when you write a book, you have to re like write what you're at the pair or like the, 
chapter and then read it and then you edit to make it like more cohesive and and then like you write again and you, it's just like it, it's so much that you're like oh my god I'm never gonna read this <laughs> this ever ever again and so it's an easy read though no I mean I, I well thank you I really poured my heart and soul into it the first time and I self-published it and um like you could tell it's self-published because I can even see even like by reading it now and editing it and updating it I'm like, holy moly, how did I ever self-publish that? There's like grammatical errors left and right. But <laughs> that just it wasn't also, that bad. It also goes to show, though, that like I have almost a five-star review on Amazon. And I'm like, man, my girlfriends, like you guys listening, like, thank you so much. You're so supportive and kind and caring. And you're like, oh, who cares if that uh, comma is not where it needs to be? Uh, I'll still give you a five star because I like the book. <laughs> like, so thank you for that. But this time around, I'm going to hire a really good editor and make sure that they can edit my grammatical errors. But what I was trying to say, though, is that after reading that my book again, I mean, I was crying and I was just like, shocked that we even made it like looking back at our journey Doug like how on earth did we make it determination I mean how on earth did we make it we were going through so much I mean we so we got obviously got married at first sight and that was its own thing but then you know you lied to me and that was its own thing but then I was like at one point definitely like I I like definitely was still in love with my ex like what do, it seems like that, doesn't it, Doug? I mean, there. I think you're always gonna love your. Ex. I mean, I do. Lo- I will always love him, but I think that I was like pining for him, without a doubt. And I was even telling you that, and it's like, yeah. I feel like now we are so far removed from it that I you almost kind of forget it. But like, I was like, like wanted my ex while I was married to my husband, and that is twisted. Yeah. How did we make it through that? You know, I genuinely I didn't I never felt threatened that's how we made it through that <laughs> There's I the knew answer. I it it wasn't it wasn't as if I knew you yeah because we were and knew your history yeah um as far as I knew you know this this guy Stan was the greatest male influence in your life and the only like tr- not the only, but literally one of like five positive male influences in my yeah. life. I can probably count on one hand, like, f- like the men who were actually good in my life. There was no good man in my life other than my, my grandpa who I never saw and, uh, Stan and, uh, this guy, Dean, who, um, who raised, who like when my mom got evicted from a trailer one time, this guy just took, my sister, like took me and I think my sister too went to go live with him to finish out the school year there. Or maybe it was just me. And, um, you know, he never like abused me. He showed me what a normal family is. Like we would have dinner at the, at the table and he would be like, did you get your homework done? Like he had like rules. You couldn't like, (laughs) you probably love that. I loved it. And then I left living with him because I missed my mom, of course. And, but like, I'm trying to think if there's any other male, like, positive romance like uh role models in my life well, I'm, I'm sure later in life but no honestly Doug I'm well, like there are no positive male role models and so then and even the men I dated were not positive they were you know one has definitely been in jail since then and the other literally is like a, a drug addict and so well so for me for me knowing that 
and for me to I, for for me to try to overcome that or try to prove myself as better um i don't like being compared i don't think yeah. it's it's fair to it's compare not. two different people yeah so for me to compete against that it's a losing battle i'm always going to fall short i have to be somebody different i have to be myself you have to fall in love with me or it's not going to work yeah i don't want to act like like your ex that you loved and you know now now you have that familiar sort of love like i never felt felt threatened and for me to be jealous and try to demean the per like one of the most important people in in your life and who shaped who you are now like that that just wasn't that wasn't even in the cards for me i mean it's an amazing recipe of how you and I got ma- like matched and then married and worked out because any other man, Doug, would rightfully so be like, F you, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Like without a doubt, like even me, like if they ever said to me, F you, I'm out, I'd be like, I get it. You know, yeah. like who wants, if you told me, and this is so hypocritical, but if you told me that you were still in love with your ex and you didn't know what to do, you never said you were still in love with your ex. Well, I basically you had love for him. I think you know. But. I did, but like, but it is so clear when I read this book that I was still in love with him, and I, I think I was mm-hmm. in denial, and maybe you were too, because we didn't. I didn't. Maybe I didn't say that. But yeah. but how, it's clear if you read the book, it is crystal clear that you guys weren't meant. We to weren't be together. meant to be together. That's true. It would have never worked out. Yeah, that's true. But what I'm saying though is it doesn't, that doesn't even matter. Like how you were confident enough and strong enough to hear that and still want to be with me. Like I wouldn't blame you at all if you were like, you crazy woman. (laughs) I am. I never, it never seemed, it never, never seemed like a threatening thing at all. That is just wild. I didn't see him as a threat. I was never jealous of him. You're not a jealous person, and I just love that about yeah. you. And, uh, yeah. But and and so not to switch the subject, but that there is my biggest issue with married at first sight now. What? That through everything that we went through. Yeah. You know, we never gave up on each other. Yeah. We always worked. Because we, we really we never both said this is not going to work out. Yeah. We both worked at it and we worked hard at it. And through the experiment, the years after divorce was not in, not in our vocabulary. Well, let's, let's be real honest. There are many times that I was like, it's not that it wasn't in our vocabulary. So I was like, if we can't fix this, like what else can we do? Like there was no giving up, but we really didn't. We tried our best not to give up, obviously. Yeah. And I, you know, that's, that's just, it was. And now they seem to give up. Before like before the month experiment's one. even over, month one, yeah. like honeymoon, and they're like, "I'm out," and you're like, or, "But we just started your honeymoon." Or with Michael just walking down the aisle. Oh, that's a sad situation. Yeah. So, uh, for those of you listening, if you, I mean, a lot of people are asking us for Marriott First Sight recaps, and let me tell you, this season's a good one. So, well, before that, let's yeah. read a five star review. Oh yes, because we thank always you for do your five star reviews. We really, really appreciate them. We love seeing them come in. Yeah. And this one's from Hugs ninety one, who writes, "Love y'all." Love y'all in your podcast, Jamie. You are such a light. What about me? <laughs> You're a light too, Douglas. I've loved you from the beginning on Married at First Sight. I love how transparent you are and really want to help people by sharing your struggles. Doug, you are such a patient husband and father. 
you seem like such a great dad and y'all are so blessed to have each other. Keep doing therapy. I truly believe y'all will be just fine. I can see all the love you share. Oh, thank, thank you, you for that. Hugs. Honestly, therapy, man, that is mm-hmm. not for nothing, but therapy is how we're sitting here together today. Yeah. Without a doubt, hands down, we did some work. But therapy, going to see our therapist, uh, she is just, she's amazing. Yeah. And the therapist on the show. Yeah. Dr. Joseph Salona, like literally saved our marriage. But um, needless to say, before we go into the Married at First Sight recap, I just wanted to finish on my book because I have big plans for 2024, like big goals for 2024. And the first is that I want to self-publish my book and make it a bestseller. But I know that- Sorry, for people that have the book now, what's going to be different? Okay, so what's going to be different is that I am going to, my book right now, Wifey 101, ends at chapter 10, and we've been married for two years, and it is very clear that we're still in like a bit of a rocky spot, like we were in a better spot than we had been for much of the previous two years, Mm -hmm. but, you know, and we're, and we're like, my, I'm taking out my my um, intrauterine device. So that my IUD, which is my birth control. And so I was like, are we going to try? And you were like, yes. And um, so that's kind of where it ends. And then that's it. And so I'm going to come for our 10 year or 10 year um, anniversary. I want to update it with all the different things that have happened since then. I mean, in my book, I talk about how I don't know who my father is. And it's amazing to read that now and be like, because I really didn't believe I would ever find my father. When I wrote that, I remember being like just so bummed and just like kind of, I really gave up, but like without giving up because I'm not a giver upper. But like I just really didn't have faith because I had so many paternity tests. They were all negative. I'd, I would literally interview my mom to try to find out more questions. Like, how could I find this guy? I asked my uncle, I asked everybody. So you interviewed her a couple times. I've interviewed, I've like literally interviewed everybody. Like, do you know who she was dating? Like, could, could you know? Like, yeah. And so the fact that I found my father is monumental. I'm absolutely going to be sharing all about that. The- the story around how you found out and just even the fact that there were similar names with one of your family yeah, members. Yeah, it's a fascinating. It just, yeah, it's really. And hopefully if you're listening and you're looking for looking. a long lost family member, I'm telling you don't give up because it took me over 30 years, but I finally found him. So um, I'm going to update that. And then also uh, there's so many things that uh, like whether or not we had kids. Well, of course we've, we've had kids. So I'm going to update that, but there was something else that is we really should talk about the home birth. Oh, well, I'm also going to share about, so it's also very interesting when I read wifey one-on-one Doug, because I, you know, way back to that cigarette lie. And like when you lied for, uh, married at first sight, our season to me about the cigarette and the whole way you acted and like my instincts, my intuition, I just knew you were hiding something more. I just knew it without a doubt. And, you know, and then of course finding out, and you did tell me with like, you know, while we were, it was after the experiment. I don't think you told me, did you tell me that you struggled with addiction? Oh yeah. So you did tell me that. And I really just thought it was just like light pill popping that like when you went to a party or something, that's really what you alluded to. And I was like, well, okay, addiction well. issues doesn't, doesn't allude to a couple of times pill popping. Well, but it, it, neither here nor there. I definitely, you did not allude to the fact that you, I never like, expanded on you it. You certainly didn't Doug. Mm. And, uh, maybe I was naive 
clearly I was. No, no, I kept that from everybody. You hid that from me. And so writing, even when I wrote this book at two, at the two year mark and when you, you, he hurt himself and, uh, we, and I was going to give him a Vicodin because like, I just had like them left over from when I, uh, had had like a root canal or something. I don't even know. And I didn't like use them all. So I was like, let me just say that in case someone ever needs it when they're really, really hurt, which is interesting knowing that my mom's a drug addict, but her thing, her drug of choice has never been pills. It was always, which was is it uppers. It was always crack. And yeah. so, um, so when you got hurt and you want it and I was like, Oh, take, I was like really concerned for you. Cause you seem like you were really in pain. And I was like, take, just take one of these because you know, that's the best pain medication we have right now. And you were so adamant. No, 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 no. And I was like, why on earth is he just not going to take one because he's in so much pain. And I didn't know about Suboxone and yeah. you hid that from me even when I was writing this book. And so that's another update that, you know, I think that I would love for your, your help with like, and this is the thing well, I wrote, I, I did a chapter. You did, but you still left that all out. You, you wrote all about the post, all sorts of yeah. things. You left a whole lot out and I don't know why I was so open about my whole life in that book. I mean, I just, so I just finished reading it for the first time in years and I'm like, holy crap, I really <laughs> shared so much in that book, like just so much. But now it's like, well, I feel like I need to update it, like and expand upon it about what, what has happened since then and how we actually made it to the 10 year mark, especially with that Rocky. And it didn't get much better until I feel like this is our, going to be our, the best decade, decade of our marriage. As 100%. long as you're not hiding anything else from me. I don't think I am. You don't think you are? We'll find out next time on marriage. No. What? <laughs> No, that's not even funny because you've hit that, that, that was like, you know, just so hurtful, like really, because I understand, I mean, we don't have to rehash it or anything, but that's the thing when you're writing a book, you rehash these memories in your mind. But all of that being said, uh, I, so I've been just, I've been up the past two nights, I've been up till 3am, like just diving through chapters and editing them and making sure that, like trying to check <laughs> my grammatical errors, but also trying to map out how I'm going to shape the addition to this book and um, Which I'm sure it probably gave you a great blueprint. Yes. For- yes. Um, and then the one thing I wanted to say for those of you listening, and of course I'll put that, this on Instagram as well, but I want to, I really want to make this book a, a bestseller. I, that has always been a dream of mine to be a national, a New York times bestseller. And so I'm going to figure out a way to have, uh, to, to, to kind of just seek out help. I mean, I don't, we should send one to Oprah. Yeah, but the thing is, is that Oprah doesn't. Her book club. She doesn't. She, I Does mean, she I shouldn't. Do that anymore? I shouldn't belittle myself or anything, but I don't think Oprah's ever gonna, you know, read this. She book. should. It's a, it's an amazing story. Well, thank you. But I think that I know that you listening will probably read it and support. And I'm just like, oh, can maybe maybe I can somehow have a way that all of my girlfriends can we can all rally together and you know and. Yeah, so I'm going to figure that out. That's something. But so the 2024 goals is, of course, to have a New York Times bestselling book. What makes it a best a New York Times bestseller? Does it go by uh, number of purchases? Yeah, I think it, it goes by number of sales. It definitely goes by number of sales. Oh, and this time I'm also going to make it an audiobook. I never did that last oh, time. Yeah. But um, so that's the one goal. And then the other goal is our 10-year vow renewal. I absolutely, without a doubt, like I haven't even started planning it yet, but I'm like, 
geez, it's not too late. We planned our, well, we didn't plan it, but we got married in two weeks. So, you know, we can make this work. So we're going to do that as well. And of course, you know, um, hoping to make a baby in 2024. Uh, so that's, that's kind of where we're at for, that's where I'm at for my 2024 goals. And, um, we're, we're going to stop trying so hard. uh, No, actually we're going to, are you being serious? (laughs) I'm like, no, we are actually, we are done the whole stop trying thing. Everybody and their sister says, just stop trying. Just stop trying and it'll happen. Yeah, just stop trying. And so we really did stop trying where it was like, in the sense that, I mean, you never really stop trying when when you stop trying, but I stopped peeing on sticks. I tried not to like, like be neurotic about when I'm ovulating, you know, I like would just know, like based on like this, this is TMI, like cervical mucus, not that I measured it every day or like paid. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm about to do that right now because- I, you know, honestly, there's a circle cervical mucus measurement tool. Not like a measure. No, there's no measurement tool or anything like that. But like you can, you can tell when you're, you know, when, when you're, yeah. Does that mean you're ovulating then? So, uh, so is that why some people suggest mucinex? That that's well. So basically, the mucinex makes that cervical muc- mucus thinner in you, and so then that the the, the, oh. the sperm can like swim through easier. Is I mm. think is what they're is what the I I mean honestly I don't know the scientific study behind mucinex. There is no scientific study. It really but, isn't. We went over it. Yeah. There's, there's no studies. But they say it works, but, and so yeah. we are starting to try all of the um all the different methods. And honestly, I, it's so much and, and it's so debilitating because we should switch positions. I really like maybe finish in a different position other than missionary. I love finishing missionary. That's way TMI. But so now that we're done talking about our sex positions, (laughs) geez Louise, it wasn't sex positions. It was, it was trying to make a baby and just switching things up. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we, we are going to try because what I was saying is that fertility, medicine and fertility treatment is not covered by our insurance neither no, is it's fertility acupuncture so or any acupuncture for that matter but for us we were i was going to go for fertility treatment acupuncture yeah and, and what we found out is not only do you go for the acupuncture but they also try to talk you into all the chinese herbs and medicines that well, you could buy there you make it sound like it's like a like a scandal or something. I mean, it's not a scandal, but it's like, that's, it's just expensive. It's a lot. One goes with the other. And honestly, it will, it is worth it if you know for sure you're going to get a baby. But I, and, and so I would potentially save up and want to do that. But I think that I'm going to just go back to peeing on the sticks 24, like every single, and then like, just like really do go back to maybe like, Go back to the basics. But anyway. So, yeah. So, we're working on making that baby while simultaneously, uh, you know, working on just living life and not, I mean, and and honestly, with every negative that I get, I am just so thankful to to God that I have two healthy, beautiful children right now because I remember a time, of course, when, when I would get those negatives and I didn't have a baby at home and that's really, really hard. And so if you're, you know, on the trying to conceive bus and don't have a child, it just, my heart goes out to you. And even if it's your secondary infertility, like, like me, it still stinks, but there's just no worse sting than if you don't have a child at home, at least in yeah. my opinion. So, well, um, I, I just want to say like, when you talk about your goals and, and like your, your energy is so much more positive these last couple months 
Yeah. Like you are so much more upbeat, wanting to like do things and be social. Like, and it's just, it's really nice to it's see. It's really nice not to be depressed. I got to tell really, you. It's really, really nice just to see. Like so I, nice. I could feel it. Like there's no sort of heaviness in the house, you know, like when, when there's ish going on. Yeah. Just, so, um, those are my goals. Do you have any goals, Doug? He never has goals. No, I, I still have to work on them. Still okay. have to write them down. Well, it's not too late. And that same for you listening. Like it's never too late to start your goals, even if, you know, it's February and you decide to start. It's fine. It's but it is really- Oh, you know what I did though? Um I did um I did make an outline for a children's book. Two of them. Oh, that'd be amazing. So but, yeah, but yeah. That would be amazing. Um yeah, I just have to execute. I'm not I'm not a good executor. Yeah. I have all these ideas and then I just don't execute. Well, there is a term for for that and that is a person who's called quote unquote a visionary, someone who can who's just and they tend to be very like artistic and creative and crafty and they can do all sorts of fun things like with drawings and videos and all that. But I do love all that. Yeah, but then they just don't never stick finish. To, yeah, they never finish and they don't stick to the plan. Yeah. And they that's don't even know how to make I, a plan. That's something I want to work on. And that's okay though, Doug. That really is okay. That yeah. is truly But I want to work on it. I mean yeah, just that's great too. Being more organized and yeah. Yeah. Maybe just I don't know. Today Today, kind of going around and, and just seeing all the crap that we have around the house, like just moving it and you saying, you know, we just got to get rid of some things and put a donate pile together. Like, yeah, like we really have some like just stuff where it's just like, why haven't we thrown this crap out yet? Like we have a bigger house now, so there's a little bit more open space. But then when you cr- when you cram stuff in into all these little places, you you realize that you have a lot of crap. Yeah. And it's really interesting because we haven't even lived here a year and I can look right here in this room in our podcast room, our office. And I'm like, there's just junk like already. And it hasn't even been a whole year and we already have accumulation of junk. And so, um, I, I found, I saw something that was very, very interesting and that I actually miss Ruth, Ruth, um, told me about. And she said that, someone who she knows is challenging themselves to get rid of every single day, at least two things. And in order to kind of hold themselves accountable to it, they're sharing it every single day. Like what two things are, what two pieces of clutter and junk are they either donating, throwing in the garbage, uh, you know, getting rid of essentially. What constitutes a thing? Anything. Like it could be a spoon to a piece of paper to an I feel like that could be like... I could do that. I feel like we should do that. Like, what two things are you getting rid of today? Like, we need to get rid of stuff because in effort, like, even with just mail, like, you, in groceries and... We're not talking about, like, garbage. Yeah, well, we're talking about garbage and anything. It, anything can constitute that because the idea is that you're like not just accumulating Like the old cartridges. Things. Yeah, that are just left. That is garbage. And That's recyclable. Recyclable, Yeah. Um, and like, when you think about it, you bring in mail, you bring in groceries, you bring in odds, odds and ends from the clearance aisle, you bring in like just gifts, you bring in odd different things all the time. And then they just start to pile up in your house. And before you know it, you have clutter and a mess and your brain starts to feel overwhelmed. So you got to get rid of that stuff so that you can try to stay like on a clear, peaceful path. And it really is life changing. We have a lot of stuff that we could probably do giveaways with. Too. Okay, let's move on to, let's move on to... Married at First Sight. Yes. So, last week was episode 11. Yes. And so, we just watched episode 12, and now the biggest update for just, episode... What? 
Oh, sorry. No. So the biggest update for episode 12, or at least the biggest update for me, was that Michael, who didn't get married because the the girl walked down the aisle and just left. She made a hard right turn Which and is walked so out of the awful. church. This poor guy. Yeah. Quick recap if you're just finding out about this. Married at first sight, obviously you're we should have said strangers. Spoiler alert before. Yeah. And spoiler <laughs> alert. Well, first of all, there's been no spoilers. So spoiler alert. If yeah, you haven't seen the true. most recent episode, then go ahead and dive out now. Yeah. This is going to be a recap of episode 12. Yeah. So, um, so now go ahead. Okay. Um, and so, so now they found Michael. Now, Michael is, he's very, he seems intellectual. He seems very in tune with a very mature, very in touch with his feelings, very mature in that way, knows how to articulate how he's feeling, what he wants, and they found somebody for him. Now, the challenge, I think, for, for this is if anybody has seen Michael's style, he he's, is very eccentric. He yeah. has his own style. And they introduced his new wife, Chloe, or yeah. what soon to be Chloe. Now, he said that his main qualities were going to be sweetness and, and nice and someone that was going to be silly, but also, you know, a really hard worker, blah, blah, blah. They found someone that is the sweetest person ever. Yeah, she's very sweet. She's a minimalist. She was very picky about what she she does. She's a minimalist in the fact that she doesn't even like nightstands next to her bed. Yeah, and and if you go to Michael's place, Michael has like he has a whole closet for his shoes. Yeah, for men's clothes and women's clothes. Yeah, he has like probably I would say maybe fifty pairs of shoes in that closet. I'm just guessing based yeah. on what I saw. I'm gonna make a prediction if they have their own little honeymoon. I bet you. I bet you he packs three times more than his wife. Well, that's just an easy prediction if she's a minimalist and he's, you know, he's very into fashion, it I seems know, I like. I want to seem smart, though. Yeah, that, well, that is smart, I guess. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's just an interesting dynamic yeah. on how they are being paired because if she's, they're just so different right off yeah. the bat in the sense that she is a minimalist and he is very into fashion and you know, changing his, his wardrobe up and he has his definitely has his own style and they're, but they're both very, very, very sweet, very kind, mature. hardworking. I mean, mature. She's, she's 39. She's yeah. Craving love. I just, yeah. how so would, it really could work. How would you feel though? Um, and this is something that I brought up last episode. How would you feel knowing that you weren't the first pick, not even the first pick, mm. but it's like, you, That's a good point. <laughs> you base you you the first wife dot like yeah. left. You base your trust. I mean, and it could go both ways for so the guy a, and the girl. But really good point. you you put your trust so much in these experts to find you, and and the whole idea of the love experiment is to find you a perfect match. Granted, the whole idea of married at first sight is to find you yeah, a perfect, a perfect match. match. And granted, you, you you can only select from the people that apply to the show. You know, like it's not like you're going from this large database of people, but. You, they find you a, a perfect match and that perfect match just leaves right when right walking down the aisle you're ready for this wedding you you have your your groomsmen you have all your family members and everybody gets she's ready in her for wedding dress she opens the door sees the man sees and leaves. the man walks out now yeah it's not good now he's going to go through that again yeah but also with this girl but now he's got to explain to her that 
He was abandoned at the He was abandoned. And now she has to come to terms with the fact that she wasn't his first perfect match. Yeah, she's the second. And someone else, this is the hard part that's really kind of sad for him, is that someone else saw him and rejected him. And now she's getting him. But I think there's a whole different way to look at it in the sense that... It was meant to be. Yes. It's going to be meant to be. Yes. That's how I looked at it too. I I just didn't know from a girl's point of view, like... Will she look at it that way? Would that be weird for you? I don't even know. I feel like that might be a lot to to digest. Like Mm -hmm. if she finds out on the wedding day that she's... This isn't, you know, his first time trying to marry someone and then the other person just ran away and so well, now it has nothing to do with him it it really doesn't it doesn't it, you know the the fact that he you know the girl walked away from him but it, it it's not like he chose her yeah the experts did yeah you know it's just it's going to be interesting to see yeah a minimalist and an eccentric person and the fact that find their way through married yeah, all at first of that, like i would say god God, you know, like I'd be like, I want to like pray for them, but I'm like, it's already done. <laughs> like clearly. So let's see how this one folds. Uh, now I voiced my frustrations last week and, and I don't know if you've, if you heard it, but my biggest issue, and we mentioned it earlier today on the podcast about, you know, just wanting marriage and, and committing. Yeah. My biggest issue is the fact that these people, these last couple seasons and this season in particular, it was never an option for us to not stay together during the experiment. Yeah. We weren't given that option. We, well, and now they stay in their own places. Like, and I'm going to, I want to start with Brennan and Emily because I have to get that, that, that sort of frustration anger and frustration <laughs> out of me because like, you know, Brennan seems like he's, he's two different people. He's, when you when you go on TV, and and I'm not speaking from a ton of experience, but I have been on TV, all and and watching Married at First Sight, every person that tries to look cool and make themselves cool on TV comes off like a douche. You are a douche, and and because you can tell by the conversations that he and, and Emily are having, where he doesn't want to talk about certain things on TV, he doesn't want to be put on blast on TV. The whole fishbowl thing, where he just doesn't. He doesn't want to make himself look bad. He doesn't participate. Like that makes you look like a fool. Yeah, that's very true. And it's it's so funny because uh, I feel like people who try to control the every like yeah. micromanage situations and control every every aspect of whether it's like the, your image on television or just it's just it's it doesn't ever bode well for you. No. Like just be yourself. And, and sure enough, I can promise you, you're going to find some haters, whether it's in your workplace, whether it's, uh, you know, in your community at home, at school, you're going to find some people who aren't going to like you because not every single person likes, likes every other person. That's why that we have like clicks and groups and different communities and that's okay. You know? And so if there's one thing that I want to teach our children, I'll never forget when Henley was in kindergarten. So just last year, and she came home because it really hurt my heart for her. She she came home and she said, this little girl said she didn't like her and she didn't want to be her friend. And so I had to think fast because I wasn't expecting this to happen in kindergarten. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and I was like, you know what, Henley? That's okay. Not everyone's going to like you mm-hmm. and that's okay. Find the people who do. And I am honestly, oddly, like proud of myself for that because when I was growing up, I was like, 
I don't know if I hurt. I don't know. My mindset was if someone didn't like me, find out a way to make them to like me. I want everyone to like me. And that is impossible. That Mm -hmm. is exhausting. It is draining. It is toxic. And so I'm like, you know, a little pat on my mama back over here. I don't even know how I thought of that, but I was like, I had to think real fast. It came out of nowhere too. We were going to bed. You've had a lot of practice and with, with that though. Yeah, no, I have, I have had. As soon other, as Married at First Sight came on and social media became Yeah, they really didn't like thing. me. But um, I was like, what are you going to have them over for Thanksgiving? Yeah. And actually Doug, not for nothing, you taught, uh, you've taught me that a lot. Like, yeah, no, you're not going to please you don't, everybody. You really don't care if everyone doesn't like you. No. And that's amazing. And I remember being like flabbergasted that you just, cause I, this was, you know, I, to be very honest and transparent, there were some, a couple, some couples in married at first sight world. And I'm like, we're all in this together. And we're there at this point, there's only, you know, like a handful of us. And so I was like, you know, I just want us to be close. I just want us to like confide in each other and be best friends because we're literally the only people in America who have done this. And Doug was like, why? Like yeah. if they, why, if, why are you trying to push this? If it's kind of like oil and water. And I'm like, and he's like, it doesn't have, you don't have to though. And I'm mm. like, oh, I guess that's a good point, but I want everyone to be friends and let's all be friends and let's be a big community. I know. But, but when you're, you know, when you're season one, you, you, you kind of, and you go through it, you kind of think that all the next couple seasons, you're going to be best friends with these people. And that's just not the case. Yeah. But, um, so that yeah. being said, though, I wish Brennan would be cool with just being himself because yeah. he, poor Emily, this woman, so his wife is she, like. She is, I, I, I don't know how she hasn't flipped out on him yet or just like, like I, I, I she's getting fed up and I had, I had reservations about her. Because she oh, was the one. She was a party girl. She was. She seemed like a party well, girl. Well, she is a party. She tells is a party you girl. that she is a party girl. Never been in a relationship. Never been in love. She, she seems like she's she's like so experienced in relationships. She's like you hear that background, that history of her. She wants it to work so bad, and she just wants her? somebody to open up yeah. to her. And he's just he's not. And and just to finish out the the whole staying with each other thing, so. When you don't share on TV, when you don't, when you're trying to save conversations for off camera, like great, you know, there'll be conversations that you don't want to have in public, you know. But when Except you're, us, we, yeah, and clearly me, I just share but, it all. But when you're when when you're trying to make a marriage work, and you you have a wife in front of you, and this is this is what came up, so. You don't want to talk about certain things on camera. You don't want to be vulnerable on camera. You don't want to look foolish on camera. So the thought is, is that you save those types of talks for off camera. But then he says in the same breath, you know, we'll take it day by day, but we're not going to stay with each other. Like, yeah. how are you having those conversations if you're not staying in the cell? Like, you know, some of the some of the best parts about the experiment with you was just some of the talks we had just going to bed at night and waking up in the morning. Like those are little things that make a marriage, you know, waking up with somebody, having dinner with somebody going to bed and, you know, just that whole routine you need to have when, you know, it's just dating at first sight at this point when they don't let them stay, stay with each other. But wait, is he not staying with her? No. 
Oh, I guess I missed that. Yeah, no, the, he's he's even said, he goes, you know, we'll take it day by day, you know, we'll, so wait, I'll see you later. she's living in the apartment by herself and he goes to back to his apartment? Yes. Oh. That's, yeah. That wasn't really that clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's why I was just so frustrated. Like, even just that like, thought is... You're not... How are you growing closer if one person is living in a... Like, one spouse is living in one house and another spouse is living in a different house? Like, you're not growing closer together? Like, that's separating... Can't yeah. you see that? You know? He's just, he's, I don't know. It's just, I feel so, on, ba- I feel bad for Emily. Yeah, I feel really bad for her too, because if this is her first experience uh, in a long-term relationship, it's, it's, I'm sure it's traumatizing for her. I mean, this is, this isn't how it is. And I'm sure she can see that and know that. Yeah. Anytime you get, anytime on Married at First Sight, when you're, you get the Dr. Pepper fishbowl and you fail the Dr. Pepper fishbowl. You're that's doomed. A, that's doomed. Yeah, you're, that's true. You are set up for failure. I don't know if anybody who got the fishbowl and she passed. was trying her hardest, and all he could say was, "I'm gonna pass out and die from being in a hot tub." Yeah, I don't know anybody in seasons past who refused to do the fishbowl. Actually, if they, whether mm. or not they actually made it, like I'm pretty sure they all are not yeah. together because it's just like it's just a fun, silly social like homework assignment. Yeah. To just get to know each other. And if you can't even do that, then how do you see a future together? You know, like where is your attempt at really working for any of this marriage? Yeah, I don't, he's just looking for a way out. But there were, um, I I don't want to take up too much more time, but the, um, the last two couples that were on episode 12 was Cam and Claire uh, and Austin and Becca. Now, I saw something in Cameron and Claire this episode last episode they were at the dinner table which was i thought was very very unfair um but somehow it was okay between the both of them to say one two three say divorced or you want to get a divorce or stay married one two three they both said divorce Uh, i think claire said um separated now this episode cameron has a heart condition now yeah and (laughs) says i don't know whether whether it was always there or whether it was just enhanced by, by the stress of leaving Claire. <laughs> I'm aye, sorry. Aye, 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 it's just aye. such a weird thing to say, like the stress of leaving like Claire. Well, but if, it's if you're a stressful getting, situation. That's if you're at fair. the point of divorce, yeah, getting out of somebody's life should be a relief. Yeah. Now, the, and the reason why I say it like that is, he has this heart condition. I always thought that Claire was sort of standoffish and cold. Well, she's and not coming around to him. She and isn't coming around to him now. Now, after this, I mean, she is. She is crying. She is concerned. I yeah, feel I a bond starting to create. Well, like, that's exactly starting it. to build. So, if you ask me about Claire and Cameron, I think that Claire wasn't into him, and he was like, "Well, I'm just going to say I'm not into her either because." I don't want to look like an idiot, but I would be into her if she was into me kind of thing. Like, I feel like he was just kind of always like waiting for her to maybe see a spark. And then he's like, yep, okay, I see a spark too, you know? But instead to kind of save face, he's like, oh yeah, we're not attracted to each other. Oh yeah, we're, you know, I really, we really respect each other. We really like each other. We laugh, we joke, we have fun. We can confide in each other, Yeah, but we're just not attracted. Right, That's they like just their didn't story. have the romance They thing. get along incredibly well. They are very mature like just really cute together. And after he gave her the stuffed animal at the wedding, I thought 
I thought there was going to be no chance. Well, I don't know that that really did help him because she just has not been into him and she's really a nice person and doesn't want to say I'm not into him. Yeah. You know, like she's trying to be like, you know, because clearly she can see he's a great guy, but she's just not into him, which I got to tell you, that's, she's just, she's, she has a closed mind and I, you know, I wish she would open it. I think he's a good looking dude. Well, yeah, no, it's just chemistry, you know? And so, But my thought is that now that he has, and, and without a doubt, of course, his heart condition is probably she from the stress was of all so of this married concerned. at first sight. Like, yeah. And she, I mean, she when she was talking to her friend at the, the restaurant, she even said, like, it's not out of the possibility that there could be feelings down the road. So, yeah. That could be I think that something might bring that brings them. them together because they get along incredibly well. They like laugh, they Mm -hmm. confide, they're so respectful and kind to each other. And, and just somehow it's just like, just not working. But yet now he's gone because he has to go like to the like Mm -hmm. doctor's appointments and all that jazz. And so, And, and now she's had time to reflect like away from him. Yeah. And he's not like at her beck and call because he's kind of worried about himself. And I'm like, oh, she's going to be like, oh, I actually kind of miss this guy that I married. So that's Mm -hmm. exciting. And then Austin and Becca, I really like them. I feel like... I feel like the season, like all of the cast is pretty mature. Uh, This is the first time, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first time that there was a religion issue that came up. No, that's definitely not the first time. I'm sure this has happened before. I can't pinpoint which couple. But... Like their conversation in episode 11 was Austin telling Beckett that he would still love her, even though that because of his beliefs that she's going to be going to hell. Yeah, that's hard to hear. And and I made the point like, okay, well, if you don't believe in heaven and hell, why would you care about that? Why would you get so upset? Like you, if you, you don't have believe so many it, good points. That is a good point. Like, Why would you get upset at that? You know, like she started yeah. crying and like, you know, like, oh, I'm going to hell, but... Like if you don't, if you don't believe, believe in, in it, why, what's hell? it matter? Yeah, but I think that it's like the fundamental. This is just like the fact about yeah. it. Like that she, that her husband thinks she's a bad person. She doesn't want to feel like a bad person who's doomed for hell yeah. just because she doesn't believe in heaven or hell or God. Uh, I don't know what Austin. I don't know what Austin is waiting for because Becca wants to be in his pants so bad. Yeah, and that's very clear. This, She's making that. She is yeah. making that very clear. This episode. Uh, I mean, really, it was. I, I don't know if this religion thing is going to be a hurdle for them, but yeah, it's definitely going to be a hurdle for him. I can went, imagine. Yeah, he went and saw her in her studio. They took pictures of their friends, and Austin started taking pictures, and he saw how she was with. She's kids. really cute with kids, and you could you She's could tell maternal. that was a big thing for him. Yeah, and um, you know, but then you also hear the mention of you know, well, it, it's really important to me how we're going to raise kids, but. I'm assuming he's going to want to raise kids with his, his beliefs and yeah. religion and how that's going to work. So who knows? But yeah, that is there. That's another couple, both Claire and Cameron and Becca and Austin, both of them, they have their different issues, but they're so well put together. It seems like yeah. like they really jive. They're kind and respectful. They, en- they laugh with like each other. They, and I mean like with their spouses, you know, if like, Austin doesn't let her in, in his pants soon, she's going to start to hate him. Well, that's like a quite out there. Yeah. <laughs> I just look at I'm you saying like what? that right now. If Austin, because I know what I know what's going to happen. Like for for us, we didn't 
you know, we didn't have sex. Yeah, we didn't. The, so, the why, so I don't think that's fair for her to hate him. But he's here's not the, ready. Here's the difference: is there was still there was still that chemistry, and there was still, they still have that chemistry. But I mean, and I don't I, I don't know anything about Becca and Austin's experience, but like 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 we were able to sort of check each other out. Like you saw me <laughs> on the honeymoon. Um, you know, like we like we were able to kind of see or feel. Um, well, yeah, we were doing other parts. things yeah. that were intimate, not Austin just and, out. It seems like like Austin and Becca haven't gotten past first base. Yeah. And every every moment that they have, he like finds an excuse or turns away. Like, I don't know what. Yeah, there's something off about it's that. It's something really, really strange. Yeah, because he says he's so into her and he really likes her and respects her. He laughs with her. He enjoys her company. He likes kissing her. Yeah, they make out all the time. and they, They're so cute together. Yeah, and, but then nothing more. Yeah. That's it. So, the, but that what, what I'm saying know, is strange. from from a guy's point of view, when the girl is more into, and I, I know that we have a lot of women that listen, when a girl is more into the guy or, or very much into the guy yeah. and the guy doesn't make a move or doesn't allow things to happen or doesn't make the woman feel wanted, that's really, really bad for the relationship. Like yeah, I think that, that I think, really I think women take that way worse than guys do. Yeah. Guys are kind of used to it. I don't want to be stereotypical, but it is true. Like women, we, I need reassurance and I want to know that you really want me. And also like something that really for, for me, when we were married, I was like, so would you just be this into any girl, you know, like, would you like, and I feel like that's maybe what Rebecca is too with Austin because he's like into her, but she's not feeling like he's into her because of her, you know, it's, it's I don't even know if he's, yeah, like, it's just something's, something's off there. And, but, and so she's feeling like he's not into her because he's not wanting to have sex with her. And she's right. made it very clear that she is just waiting for him. Whenever he's ready to have sex, she will have and sex. She's even said, this is the slowest moving romantic relationship she's ever been part of. Yeah. So, and maybe that's his speed. I don't want to, you know, I don't. I don't want to. That's the thing. Rush them. The but. difference between I think um, Austin and myself because I did not want to have sex either, and I made it clear. But I, I had my reasons, and I also shared with my reasons. And I feel like they're different. There is no. He's not sharing reasons. He's just saying he's taking it slower, and he likes to take it slow, and that's just his pace. But um, and you know, and and honestly a lot of my reasons were because of sexual abuse previously. And so maybe, you know, I'm not, I'm certainly not saying anything, yeah. but like he probably has his reasons. And so if she is wise and she really cares about him, which it seems like she does, she will give him that time and he, and try not to pressure him because also not for nothing, but with men, the more you pressure them, the less they can perform. Well, right. Well, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take a, I'm not disagreeing with you. But what I'm saying is it doesn't he, appear. But you had pressure to have sex with me. Well, no, I'm saying it do you, does. Can you, you can't even, it doesn't perform. Doesn't the, your sometimes, manlyhood yeah. won't I mean, even. It depends. I mean, I'm, I'm really sexually attracted to you. So it could be anytime. But if um, I was constantly pressuring you to have sex with me, I mean, no, I know. you would probably be in heaven. I would, be like, I would, okay, sure. I would love that. It's a terrible <laughs> example. Um, <laughs> okay. That's a bad but, example. But no, what, what I'm saying is they're, they're, chemistry is lovey-dovey so into each other on camera yeah like 
I sort of knew, I sort of knew that like one, I've, I, I've never put pressure on, on women to perform or, you yeah. know, like I don't have any expectations like that and I would never force, force it. Yeah. And sort of knowing your backstory, that's not them. Yeah. And, and maybe it is off camera where they share like that, but the way that they chat and the way that they talk, you know, even with the experts, Becca's just like, just waiting on him. Yeah. You know, I'm just waiting. This is the slowest moving thing. Like if there was an issue there, I highly doubt she would be bringing that up yeah, with the experts. That's actually a really interesting point. Cause you were not like, I'm just waiting on Jamie. Yeah. I'm just waiting on Jamie. Like if, if she knew something that we didn't like, she wouldn't, she wouldn't be doing that. Come to think of it. You always said we aren't ready yet. You would always, and that was really kind of you. you said, I didn't want to make it one sided. Yeah. That's actually really kind of you. And I feel like that could be like, if I could talk to Becca, I would be like, girl, like say we aren't ready yet. Let him feel like his feelings and where yeah. he's at is valid, you know? Because now at that point, I mean, I, I think- then you are kind of pinning each other against each other instead of being a team. Yeah. Well, the disconnect is that he says that he's so attracted to her and he says he likes her, you know? So it's not well, like- Well, I a, was attracted to you and I liked you. Right, but it's not like an Emily and Brennan thing where they're trying to build the chemistry. Like right now there's no rhyme and or reason other than just and I Austin not sex. being ready. I have a rule though. I explain about it in my book, Wifey 101. Yeah. I don't do it for two months because I think that it, with any, like back when I was dating with, with anyone, because, you know, because you can really, you can honestly filter out a lot of bad dudes by yeah. making them wait two months to, you know. And also there's a lot of great anticipation that happens. I mean, I feel like we had a lot of anticipation. Yeah, leading a lot up to of it. built up. And it made it, that much better in my opinion. But um, anyways, so that's the recap for Married at First Sight. <laughs> and um, yeah, and like just the 2024 goals that we have. And I'm just so pumped that you're here. I'm really excited for this podcast and where it goes this year. Uh, my goal is that we continue to answer your questions and kind of feed you and fill you with and fuel you with inspiration and happiness you. and just keep you company, you know, like, like we, I think we all need like, 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 like a positive community yeah. and friends. And, and let so. us know if you agree, disagree with our Meredith Fry site recaps, if you enjoy us doing it like this, or if you want us to talk a little bit more about anything else. Um, yeah. We love your feedback. We absolutely love your feedback. Thanks for being here with us and we will see you next. Well, we, will, we won't see you, but we will talk to you next week. See ya. Love you. Bye. Bye.